Excellent stuff. That's it, Marina. Soon be home now. Oh, hello everyone. Sorry, no time for a proper introduction today because we're heading home for Christmas next week. And uh, we're not the only ones who are earthbound today. Here's Space 1999. So here we are back in the first season of Space 1999. And it's actually been a very long time since we were last here. Uh, looking at my list, that was Pod 33 with... Um, with space brain. Round of so yeah, it's, it's been a, a un, un, unlikely, that's not even a word, but it is now a long time since we were here. I am shocked. We're, we're back with a, um, in my opinion, a much better, much stronger episode than, uh, than space brain was with Earthbound and the return of Roy Detrice as Commissioner Simmons. Longer, that's all, Commander. Commissioner, we can't encourage false hope. All of us have had to come to terms with life here on Alpha. Somehow, off-screen. We should maintain it. Yeah, that, this, this is um, I I so wished there could have been some continuation from the first episode, and I think a lot of people did. Like um, you know, aside from the fact that they were you know, they were on course to go to Meta and visit, and uh, then absolutely nothing happened with that. But. I think more interesting is the um, how the Alphans actually sort of addressed the issues of, of survival, which would have been you know, fairly fairly important priorities at this point. What kind of a powered object? So it's nice that the series, although it never quite did a a proper successor to Breakaway, it at least remembered. Hey, we had this uh, Commissioner Simmons guy around. He was still around when we uh, ended the first episode. One and two on the pad for immediate liftoff. I want to show our visitors every kind of welcome. And if they're hostile, sir, they'll be the first to know. Subject, unidentified, powered object. Oh, a U-boat. Object will orbit Alpha position at coordinates 9079. Yeah, we have a an incoming alien spacecraft. Ooh, with people aboard. Intercept that spacecraft. Lift off. When I first saw this episode on the uh, BBC Two run of Space 1999, which they... Um, pushed up to episode two in the running order, which makes a lot of sense because uh, even though this was produced, I think, as episode five and maybe shown as like episode 10 or something like that, it doesn't make any sense for there to be any episodes between this and Breakaway because I, I can't believe that unless he was severely injured, which he wasn't at the end of Breakaway, I can't imagine Commissioner Simmons wouldn't have been right in the centre of literally everything. I mean, can you imagine if um, if Commissioner Simmons was actually on Alpha during Black Sun? There is no way that he wouldn't have been fighting people off left and right to get on that survival ship. Uh, as we'll see in this episode, that's, uh, uh, that's an approach to doing things that's gonna, gonna cost him rather dearly. But yeah, that was uh, an appreciated nod from the BBC there, I think, to uh, to its viewers. I don't know why they made that decision, considering it was like the only time that uh, they actually um, they actually spared some thought for Space 1999 fans. I mean, at this the very early episodes they were chopping out the, the this episode segment of the opening titles, and then they made they went on to make a complete hash of things. I think it took them something like. I know three years to show the whole series because they were preempting it and moving it and kicking it about so often. Ugh. Anyway, BBC ran over.
They're not going into orbit. Follow down, Eagle One. And I really like, as well, with this one, the uh, somewhat understated fact that this is essentially humanity's um, first contact with, with an alien life form, if you look at it in, uh, in terms of... Oh, Alan's co-pilot just disappeared there. Uh, of um, this taking place immediately after Breakaway, as it did in the BBC running order. Um, that they're not sort of... Alpha doesn't immediately leap to, like, a war footing. They're, they're giving these people, like, every opportunity to... Um, to signal their their good intentions and um, security to join us. Right. And now they're sending out a rescue team to uh, to help the the crashed spaceship. Better come too, Commissioner. Right now, I need a doctor and a scientist out there, not a politician. And of course, that sets up Simmons' role for this episode of being um, essentially absolutely superfluous to to everyone and everything on Alpha. And in that sense, you can you can understand his frustration that um, that guides a lot of his actions later on. And Roy, Roy Detrice is a wonderful performance, a wonderful actor giving a wonderful performance. I kind of wish that we could have seen more of him, but I think I'm just so grateful for the fact that they remembered he existed and they brought him back for this. So the Alphans are riding to the rescue in there. The nice red striped rescue eagles. One of the few times we actually see this one in the uh, the series. It's one of those things they dropped for the second year, and I, I never quite understood why because it makes so much sense to have. Looks like some kind of a hatch on the port side. A dedicated eagle for rescues and a dedicated eagle for science things, and I think they kept the science pod eagle, but the rescue pod eagle just got um, got dropped. I think it's in like one episode. I think it's in Space Warp, actually, in the hangar, you see a, a red-striped eagle pod. Otherwise... Oh, but this is, um... This is something I could never understand. They have a docking tube... ...that extends from the side of the passenger module... ...even though there's, there's clearly no room on the passenger module set for that thing. And Alan is, um, is leaving the rescue pod there and he's um he's taking the eagle back to alpha because you know they're only going on to an alien spaceship there's nothing that could go wrong there yeah very odd I, I i put that down to sort of um early episode weirdness i don't think it ever happened again that they just put a pod out there and then left looks like a central locking point that's it stand back i did it hooray for me i mean victor did some of the the sciencey stuff but it's mostly me and I do love this in First Season Space 1999, is seeing the Alphans presented with a mystery and watching them trying to find a way in um, as best they can with their, their limited understanding and, and relatively limited science. In some episodes, it kind of um, unfolds rather slowly. But in this one, I think it's, it's a lovely, lovely process of uh, seeing the ship and then as we are now, making our way inside. Although everyone's kind of galumping around, rather, uh, rather sort of we're in space kind of way. And it almost this uh, this Caldorian. Oh, I gave it away. Uh, spaceship almost looks um, a bit uh, a bit uh, Tardisy, in fact. Were it not for the cases of all the uh, 
unconscious uh, or hibernating aliens lying about the place. Suspended animation. Could be. Tony, go back to the ship, bring back some lights and Dr. Russell's equipment. Do you want any beer, John? Paul, activate gravity control and atmosphere. Ah. So Paul can just press a few buttons and that's it. Paul has magically, magically sorted it all. Yeah, and Alan is, is not even waiting on the pad in case they need rescue. He's he, he's well, back in main mission. Know. He's out with spacesuit. None of us knows for sure, Commissioner. Now hold your horses, Commissioner. We're all breaking our necks for a look. Yeah, I really don't understand why they just left the pod out there. Because if the aliens were hostile, they, they'd be screwed, the Alphans. They'd, they'd be gobbled up. No heart function, no brain activity. And as far as I can tell from radio microanalysis, the skin tissue shows no evidence of cell growth. Well, you've taken every possible precaution. There's nothing else we can do. Well, Barry Morse is having such fun examining all the strange props. And again, it, it, the fact that this this um, interior spaceship looks so much like a TARDIS. He looks so much like the Doctor wandering around in it. So now we're, we're running a screwdriver into one of the hibernation pods, but... It doesn't doesn't work so well. And we've exploded one of the peoples. That's it. All the aliens are woken up. Surrounding John and Helena and Victor. Interestingly, the two security guards seem to have disappeared into thin air. I'm sure they'll be back later on. And of course, the leader of the aliens is none other than Christopher Lee. And the fact that he is Christopher Lee is earning him a... Advert break close up. Because he's not happy. Helena killed one of his peoples. All our instruments indicated that life no longer existed. Only then did we break the seal. And it's her fault, so don't don't look at me like that. I didn't do it. Yeah, so Christopher Lee playing a, an alien in, in Space 1999. And of course, the first season of Space 1999 had a lot of... Uh, Big name guest stars. I'm, you know, I, I don't know if um, this role is is a um, especially good use of your Christopher Lee. The fact that he is Christopher Lee, the fact that he is this very tall, imposing presence, certainly works in the episode's favour. But I also think you know, many actors could have could have pulled off this part to um, to equal effect. But obviously, you know, Christopher Lee adds a bit of um, bit of gravitas, bit of uh, dignity, bit of uh, selling power for this show. Although I gather that he, um, in in later years, when people were asking him for autographs and such, this was one of the things he wouldn't sign autographs for. I don't know where I picked that up from, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Have the crash unit stand by. They're going to fly the spaceship in on half power. Everyone seems very casual about the fact that they are making first contact, essentially, with aliens. It's like, you know, in the first episode, that was a huge, huge deal that there could be life on Meta. Now it's like, you know, found these aliens, you know, can help them fly their ship back. They also seem to be abandoning the uh, the rescue pod entirely. Um, I hope someone remembers to go and uh, pick that up again, because it's probably got the two security guards in it. They at least appear in later episodes, so we know they were picked up if they're not on the spaceship, but still, very odd use of the uh, the eagle pod here. Maintenance crew, prepare to receive alien spaceship. You, you what? 
What the hell do you want us to do with an alien spaceship? What? We don't know any alien space. Stand by travel tube to alien spaceship and prepare for visitors. Hmm. Yeah, everyone's very very casual about this, all except Simmons, who's uh, storming off to uh, to meet them. Captain Zanter, Commissioner Simmons, your status, please. Redundant. I represent Earth Authority here on Moon Base Alpha, and in that capacity, may I say, welcome. And I do enjoy the um, relationship between Koenig and Simmons in this episode. I'm not sure how how long the series could have sustained that sort of sniping point scoring dynamic uh, dynamic between the two without it sort of getting redundant if it was as frequent as say um the scenes with straker and henderson where it was like you know every few episodes you'd get scenes like this then it would be understandable but having you know simmons is is trapped on alpha with everybody it doesn't make sense for him to not be there careful koenig they may not be as friendly as they seem and of course, this is where we get to see the uh, the true colours of the man. Meanwhile, the Kaldorians are uh, giving out eggs. These gifts as peace tokens from the people of Kaldor. And one of these um, female Kaldorians is uh, is Rhonda from the Avengers. If that uh, means anything to anybody. Our people sent out many ships, one to each planet we believed could sustain our kind of life. And your ship was programmed to land on this moon? Only to orbit this moon. And then we would reanimate and prepare for the final stage of our journey to your planet, Earth. Are you aware this moon is no longer in Earth's orbit? Yes. I fear that random variations in your trajectory and velocity caused our computer to err, and so we have crashed. Well, it's remarkable your computer was able to find us at all. So programmed. How could it do otherwise? I love that. That's that's a very space 1999 thing. It, it fits in with the, the theme of, um, I think, another time, another place. Where Koenig just says, or no, Victor says, um, you know, we belong where we belong. It's like you know, we were programmed to find the moon. The fact that it isn't where it was supposed to be, that doesn't matter. We still found it. Some of us seem to have lost the will to achieve it. Ooh, Simmons has got the claws out again. So your hope is to settle on Earth. If we are welcome, yes. Uh-oh. But if you are not? In your terms, we would take our own lives. And I wish there was some way to know what happened to the Kaldorians when they did reach Earth, because... Earth are medically compatible. I'll help. You know, knowing knowing our world, but also knowing the world of, of Space 1999, where everything is very bleak and pessimistic, I can't imagine that the Kaldorians' arrival on Earth would have gone at all well. Um, even if the you know the moon hadn't left orbit and the, the Earth is uh, now a, a wasteland of you know, God only knows what. What we need is the courage, the vision, and the leadership to seize their ship. And the Kaldorians, expendable. And Simmons' thoughts are turning even more devious. And in fact, um, there was a, a rather nice uh, fan fiction out there somewhere. I can't remember what it was called. Actually, I think it might have been Breakaway Part 2, but I can't remember who wrote it. And it um, it was just about what happened to the Alphans immediately following Breakaway. I wouldn't normally bring up uh, fan fiction here, but 
it gave Simmons such a strong and um, believable role within the the sort of post breakaway days on Alpha, in that he actually uh, led a, a, a mutiny, a rebellion, uh, in an attempt to get back to Earth, which I, th I, again, I, I, it's one of those things I wish we could have seen on screen as to um, not only how the Alpha community in general adapted to life on Alpha, but how individuals to human use. Because nobody I don't think is ever shown like in any particular state of, of shock or grief. Certainly not after the first episode. Everybody just instantly accepts it. I find you sufficiently human, Captain Santor. Your beauty would be greatly enhanced by suspended animation, Doctor. Ooh. Thank you. It's a to be perfectly at peace. Jerry Anderson big book of pickup lines. Seventy five years? The time will pass like a dream, in an instant. But we must complete the repairs to our ship and leave within twenty of. The oh, and, and even more. To, to add to the the um the look of the Caldorian spaceship as as like a TARDIS, Captain Centaur is holding what what looks suspiciously like a, a sonic screwdriver. It has that sort of um thin point with a, a circular attachment on the end. There is no reason why we should not suspend animation for one of your people. Well, thank you, Captain. It's a most generous offer. So they're offering the vacant bed to one of the Alphans. As thoroughly, let me know. But Simmons... Tony. Simmons is all but jumping up and down, uh, squealing like a puppy at the thought of going home. Captain Santor, will you help us set up the experiment? Seize their ship! Then six of us can go home! Shut up, Simmons. Given any thought what Earth will be like in 2074, or whatever it's like. And I also like how Koenig is um, now more prepared to stand up to Simmons than he was in the first episode, considering that... Um, this works. The Earth Authority that he represents likely doesn't exist anymore. You'll be eligible like all the others. Hmm. Including yourself, of course. No. Don't try to understand why. And also that he, he will stay on Alpha no matter what. I have no place here on Alpha. No function. Poor old Simmons. He doesn't have any friends this week. And I also do wish Shut Up Simmons had become uh, this show's... Shut up, Wesley. John. Serious emergency. The spaceship. Immediately. So there we go. We're calling John back to the spaceship from main mission. What's going on now? Oh, Helena's put herself in suspended animation. She is not dead, Commander. Her life cycle is suspended in time. If you're so clever with life and death, Captain, bring her out of it. Okie dokie. Pass me a screwdriver. We're ready to try again, Captain. They're trying to revive Helena using the same noise as the, um, uh laser barrier around the nuclear waste dumps. It's not working. Breakaway. It's odd with this show, actually. You you do get a lot of reused sound effects that are very familiar, very distinct in other episodes. Um, I, th I think we heard the um, the sort of brainwave heartbeat thing from, uh, from Breakaway on one of the monitors earlier. Anyway. Commander. Koenig has now walked all the way back to, uh, to main mission. He said command center. Caldorian data through the telemetric computer. Well, the relative position of Earth, sir. It's that away. Attention, Commander Koenig. Could you please return to the spaceship? We need your advice. Well, yeah, Bob. I mean, I've only just got back from the spaceship, and now you're going to call me back over there again? But yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Don't worry. Don't worry about my poor feet. Our mistake was to accept your computer's profile of her without question. It said she was 23. She's at least 10 years older than that. But in reanimating from so deep a sleep, there is a danger of cell damage. 
to the brain. Oh, there we go. Yep. It's, if you're playing the Space 1999 drinking game, brain damage is just like, oh, you have a... You down a whole glass for that one. Captain! The, the thing went ping, but it's not going ping anymore. <gasps> Ooh, bit of quick fiddle with the, uh, the sonic screwdriver and uh, some of the little coloured lights. We must trust him. He knows more about coloured lights than all of us put together, John. And that's something that viewers at the time would never have made the connection that, oh, that sound effect was the sound effect they used for the laser barrier in the in one of the previous episodes. But when you see them all um, back to back or in, in close proximity to each other, it does become very obvious. And because they're, they're, they're all quite spacey sound effects in this show, you notice it here far more than you do in... Uh, in like Thunderbirds or Captain Scarlet, you know, an explosion sound is is just an explosion sound. It doesn't uh, it doesn't matter that it sounds the same. Anyway, Helena is now awake. Oh, and she's smiling, and everyone's smiling. So that's okay. Helena's going to be all right. Rhonda, I have computer's choice for the return to Earth. Tony Verdeshi? I don't even know a Tony Verdeshi. We're not even sure the Earth still exists, and even if it does, our families, those we've loved. Won't be there anymore. Mm. And again, that that's one of the few mentions of uh, of the fact that everything and everyone the Alphans knew, even if they could get home, is would be gone. In a way, it, it it's kind of nice that that's so uh, understated in this show. But it is one of those things where I wish we could have explored it in more detail. Restore machine. Commissioner, I'm not part of your team of experts here on Alpha. Shut up, Wesley. Welcome back to the land of the living. How do you feel? No after effects at all. Thank you. While Koenig is distracted, Simmons has swapped com logs. The process will work if Captain Zantor's computer has a complete matrix of its human subject. But if somebody other than Dr. Russell were to go, then we shall have to make a matrix of the individual you choose. Oh, and Simmons has already done a runner before he heard that. Oh. And it, it's, um... I'm, I'm interested, actually, to see what Big Finish do with Commissioner Simmons going forward, because he was in their recent adaptation of, of Breakaway. He was still... still survived at the end of that. He was on Alpha. So he's he's being set up as a... A regular on that that new version of Space 1999, and I I'm interested to see what they do with him from this point forward because um, begin the countdown. You know this this uh, ending, and we are you know this is the beginning of the end for Commissioner Simmons, um, is so memorable and so fitting for the character. I don't know if they'll they'll keep him on permanently or if they'll um, revisit this ending, but uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see what. Uh, what big finish do with with space 1999 in the future? Nick, I'm still waiting for that call. It is a nice idea. Uh oh, Koenig's realised the switch. Colonel, Simmons has my comlock. Why'd you let him take it, Colonel? Oh, Simmons is zapping all of the extras. We live in the uh, the little power station set here. You're going to do exactly as I tell you. Simmons! And the power station seems to be some kind of redress of... Um, the command office, Commander Koenig's office, where they were having the meeting earlier. Open it! And again, it's an interesting 
a noticeable touch in the background here. When Commissioner Simmons left main mission, it was uh, 9.05 according to the clock on the um, comm post. And now in the power room, it's 9.08. So people were still paying attention to those uh, those clocks in the very early episode. Again, that didn't last for, for much longer after Breakaway. Paul, get security to seal off the power station, but no one's to move in until I give the order. Yes, sir. Sandra, let's see what he's up to. Switch it off. Speaking of reused sound effects, this is the sound effect, I think, from the uh, the Dalek control room in the, the first P Peter Cushing Dalek movie. I know precisely what I'm doing. Oh, and here the clock now says 9.10. I love the attention to detail like that, and it, especially in the very early episodes. Stabilise our backup power. Trying to, sir. And I was never quite clear on um, what exactly powered Moonbase Alpha. Is my hostage. No one on Alpha will live for more than 30 minutes without this unit in place. Because in later episodes we saw they had the huge nuclear generator areas, but in this episode we've taken a, a cylinder out of a hole in the wall and now the base is in darkness. Talk to you. And since this is the power station, we can assume that this is something power-related. It's not uh, specifically the life support system. Down is T minus 28 minutes. Do I continue counting? Which we saw later in the beta cloud was also a similar tube in the wall that um, continue. That was also somehow connected to the lights. I got to be commissioner by doing what was necessary, not what was right. Now you have 15 minutes to persuade your. Alien friend. And again, with with Simmons, you can. There is an element of of sympathy there because he is essentially an outsider in this um, this setup of Alpha. He he now serves no function. Um, it, it's kind of reminiscent of sort of the the, the Straker Henderson dynamic that we saw in in UFO. He's not necessarily a bad person. He just feels like he's been pushed into doing a a bad thing. But ultimately, um, the difference between... I think if you put Hen Henderson in this situation, he would accept it, whereas Simmons... Simmons basically doesn't care about any of the other Alphans at this point, I don't think. We can take him on his way out of the ship. He can't afford to play games with that converter. It's wrong, John. Our wall cylinder thingy. Commissioner Simmons insists on returning to Earth with you. Unless we agree, he'll destroy Alpha. Is he capable of carrying out this threat? He is. He's stolen our thingy from the wall. I agree. It's blackmail. Let him go, Commander. We'll be well rid of him. I like that Koenig consults everybody as well before making the decision. Simmons! Because in later episodes, he did feel like sort of um, supreme authority in what he said goes. But here, it's nice to see him you know, gauging other people's opinions and reactions to the situation. Program Commissioner Simmons restricted access from the power station to the spaceship. Thank you, Captain. I understand your position, Commander. Commissioner is diseased. Ooh, sick burn. And Simmons doesn't... <laughs> Simmons just sort of... Grins smugly at that. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm scum. I'm scum, and I'm, I'm happy with that. Anyway, time to go. Simmons forcing Xanter onto the uh, travel tube. I'm wondering if this is actually the, uh, one of the most um, star-powered Jerry Anderson episodes ever made, because we've got Christopher Lee and Roy Dotrice, who was, uh, you know, he was a pretty big name uh, himself. 
So now that it's time for takeoff, the uh, TARDIS interior spaceship is glowing all sorts of nice rainbowy colours as the uh, Kaldorians settle down for bed. Now remember earlier that um, Xantor did say that the computer on the spaceship had only taken a scan of Helena, so if anyone else was going to come with them, they would need to take a scan of them first as well, and Simmons hasn't let him do that. Um, but we're... Oh, Simmons hasn't uh, hasn't realised that, because he wasn't around for that part of the conversation. He's uh, settling down for bed. Same way he's uh, seeing all the other Kaldorians doing. Oh, the side of the case is sealed. And that's it. That's the Kaldorian spaceship safely away. It is a very odd exterior design, the uh, Kaldorian spaceship. It's nice and weird, but the way it flies, it um, kind of reminds me a little of sort of alien spaceships from, from Fireball XL5. But uh, it, it's still a, a cool design. I, I I seem to remember they made a toy of it back in the day, and that'd be a, a nice thing to have in uh, a, a proper model of, I think. Anyway... We're now back on the spaceship. Simmons is waking up and uh, he's quite happy. He feels okay, but uh, hmm, none of the other Kaldorians are waking up. But he doesn't care. Hello, Earth. This is Commissioner Simmons returning home after 75 years. Commander, I'm getting a signal, sir, from a Kaldorian spaceship. From Commissioner Simmons, sir. Thinks he's approaching Earth. Oh, and this is this is now what's about to follow is one of my favourite moments of of this show of any Anderson show. This utterly horrific, ghastly ending for Simmons. He must have known. No, no. Evidently, Simmons didn't give him a chance to make a matrix for his computer. Uh, see, I don't know. Would would um. Xantor didn't uh, push the point about making a, a Matrix for the computer. He was quite happy to let Simmons just lie down and uh, get on with it. Anyway, things are now uh, starting to turn in Simmons' brain. He's seen the time on his comm lock. Which is 11.48, so it's only a couple of hours after he was in the power room. still gives me shivers every single time. And now we have Roy Dutrice going absolutely mental in this case. It's just total desperation and the fact that um, you know, this is something that we've all probably imagined at one point, like essentially being buried alive. The absolute horror of this. And, oh, okay, so the, the those two Kaldorian extras in the background who wake up, because evidently they didn't realise that they were on a film set and that there would be an actor in a case behind them going absolutely nuts. But, oh, that is just so chilling and so horrific an ending. And it's absolutely in keeping with the tone of this show, um, that, that, that sort of ruthless, pessimistic streak regarding space travel that... Um, that first began in, in UFO. Simmons wanted to go home, he got to go home, but of course... Who did the computer finally choose? 
Simmons. That's it. That's the final twist of the knife. If he'd just waited, he could have gone and everything would have been fine. He would, he, you know, I mean, maybe things wouldn't have been fine when he got to Earth. Maybe Earth would have been a wasteland. I also love that we end with this heroically triumphant music. We got rid of Simmons. Oh. Now, where's Rod Serling to come on and give us a uh, sort of lecture on the, the irony of that ending? He wanted to go home. He got to go home in the Twilight Zone. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good episode of the first season of Space 1999. You know, there's, there's a few sort of dead, slow, slow moments, but awesome stuff, particularly from Christopher Lee and Roy Dutrice, and of course, oh, that ending is just perfection. Um, more about what you don't see than what you do, but what you do is horrific enough. Poor old Simmons. 